You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, editor of the E2C Network, and part one of the dynamic duo that is Inside the Jungle. Uh, we're here to break down another Auburn Tigers basketball win over the Murray State Racers by the score of 93 to 88, pushing their record to 12, excuse me, to 10 and 2 on the year. I was giving them a few more wins than they actually had thus far. Uh, had they not lost two games earlier in the season, we would be talking about 12 wins. But nonetheless, 10 to 2, your Auburn Tigers. To break all this down, brought in my friend, co host, and the owner of the Auburn Uniform Database, Mr. Clint Richardson. Clint, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you want to throw into that blank there. Merry Christmas, sir. Or Christmas, Merry <laughs> War Eagle, I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering how you are going to work that in there. It is, I could feel you trying I to work some trying. type of Auburn holiday thing in there. <laughs> I was trying. Well, I'm happy that we're able to get together at least uh, for one call here, for one game during this busy Christmas season here. And at least we get to talk about a win because I'll be honest with you, the last game that we had to talk about, although it was against a very good opponent, was very depressing at times to talk about with you. Sometimes. It can be, but here's the thing. We're not talking about an Auburn Tigers Coach Pearl uh, team that is in the infancy of his time there where a loss means they're still struggling really badly. They find ways to uh, correct some things that went wrong for them and losses usually. And that was the case in this game as well. Now the slump that we've been talking about for them is, you know, kind of kept on going for a little bit there, but at the same time, it kind of got a little bit better. We had some other players contribute. We're going to talk about all those storylines uh, coming out of this game right off the bat here. But the main thing we needed to discuss about Auburn and Murray State is somehow, Clint, these racers continue to prove that they are not to be taken lightly in any way. I mean, that's what happens when you're a Ohio Valley Conference champion and a powerhouse in, in that conference. And, I mean, this team just continues to recruit well and play well, and and they've got so much talent on the team, and they're they're always going to be a tough game. No what matter. is it about that conference that just seems to produce if at least one, maybe two really good teams every year? It's just quality basketball. And, and when you've got that kind of reputation, these kids want to go there. They're not going to be able to make it into, you know, SEC or Power Five. The OVC is the perfect conference to land at. It is. And I just they continue to produce, like I said, at least one really good team every year, if not two. And Murray State is definitely that case here. If you looked at their record beforehand, you'd kind of say, well, they might still be good, but their record kind of shows maybe they're not up to par where they've been in the past. That was not the case when they came to Auburn Arena in this game and gave the Tigers all they could handle. And that honestly is off the back of a very uh, familiar player for those Racers fans out there for someone that Auburn got really acquainted with in this game, and that is Ja Morant. And I heard all the hype about him coming in this game, and from my perception – He's every bit of it that it seemed like. What was your thoughts on his performance in this game? Very good player, and and you know when you when you've got that talent, a lot of people just stand and watch, including the officials. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but no, and it just you know I think he was a really good player, and a couple of times he got away with you know a, a walk. Um, <clears throat> but that's beside the point. That doesn't really take away from his talent to go out and score 25 points and 
and play almost the entire game. He only sat out for a, a minute or so. But, you know, just, just look at his stat line. 7 of 14 from the field. 1 of 6 from three-point land. Not the best numbers, but 10 of 11 at the charity stripe. Mm-hmm. And 8 rebounds and 7 assists. I mean, we talked about it last week. He was going to flirt with a double-double, maybe even a triple-double. And he, he sure did. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that stat line, it's very impressive. And it's not just skewed to one area. Like, he's a great scorer. He's a great defender. Um, he's a great passer. He is just across the board here producing stats and assists and rebounds and points. And then the little things, like you talked about, the free throw line. I love him just from that simple fact as much as I love three free throws in this game. And so, yes, the hype is real for this guy. And it's I think like we've already talked about with the racers, they continue to recruit at a high level when you can get a player of this caliber to come here and uh, be a part of this program that speaks to the type of basketball that you've been producing uh, on a consistent basis for Murray State. So I'm, I'm very happy for them at the same point, but I was a little a little scared for us at, at certain points in this game, even when they took the lead here. I will argue this point, though, Clint. I almost felt that he was almost the detriment to them as well, because I do think at times they depend on him a little too much. I think that's a fair point. And, you know, we kind of came into this game thinking that they just had one star player, but they had a lot of really good players, including number 11 Buchanan and number 10 Brown. With just Morant, this game probably wouldn't have been as close, and he still would have put on a show, but he wasn't the only one putting on a show. And, and Murray State's going to win a lot of games when you've got those three players that continue to put up 19, 21, and 25 points. And I think where you saw some of these other players like Buchanan and Brown and even Cowart too shine a little bit is because so much attention was given to Morant and there was a, a small stretch oh, in the no game. Doubt. What's that? No doubt. Well, and, and that's that small stretch in the game where Morant maybe wasn't scoring as much as he was used to. You saw these other players come out and shine. I think it was it Buchanan that right out of the gate from the second half that just came and nailed down like a couple threes for them? Yeah, that was, that was Brown. He was five of seven for threes and just he he seemed to do what what Auburn's Brown has been able to do but has been struggling with lately and just set up in the in the wing and just sink every three that you give him and and he just he buried Auburn in it and again a lot of it's a lot of good defense by Auburn and these offensive shooters are just being able to bury it when when Auburn just is at their best too. Mm-hmm. And I think that Murray State should go away from this game being very proud of themselves, taking a very uh, good Auburn basketball team down to the wire and having a lead for quite some time as well. Um, to be very encouraged by this, and I, I expect to see them in the tournament by the end of the year. Um, but that's enough gushing about the other team that we, you know, we weren't, weren't cheering for. Let's actually kind of delve into more the Auburn side of things and what contributed to the win and maybe some of the struggles they had as well. First question I always ask you, Clint, was this a complete game? No. And why? I mean, <laughs> you let you let three guys almost each score 20 points. I mean, you, you can't allow 19, 21, and 25 points. And then even when the other guys who make it on the court go 0, 0, 6, 4, and 13, you know, that those numbers are pretty good. But those those three higher numbers are, are not what Auburn needs to be proud of. So is that the one area that 
makes this a not complete game for you, just the fact that they let three players go off for so much points? I mean, and you lose the rebound battle yeah. and uh, the bench battle. And, um, you know, Auburn just Auburn played really well, but there were times that, you know, maybe with about three or four minutes left in the game, Auburn really could have run away with this thing mm-hmm. and, and really shut them down and, and just kind of got lazy with it. Um, Murray State got free two points on an inbound play, which Auburn is one of the best teams in the country on, and you just you can't play like that. So what I kind of saw happening here is with Murray State saying so close for part of the game, getting a lead for a time, and then Auburn started, as you said, in the second half, slowly start to kind of inch away even to double digits, and it's kind of like they kind of saw, take, took a sigh of relief and said, okay, this is us again. We're starting to pull away, doing what we're supposed to do. And it's almost like they relaxed and then forgot that Morant is over there and can go off for – 10 points in less than five minutes. So I felt like that was kind of what they, uh, their struggle was here is the relief of getting out of the shooting slump, so to speak, but then the lackadaisicalness of kind of like, okay, we're fine now. Uh, so I, I think that's where the struggles kind of come in with this one. But if you look at the stats for these teams, um, like you said, we kind of lost a few of these things. Auburn, uh, 53% from the field to Murray State's 50, uh, 39% from the three-point arc, 44% Murray State. That's testament to Brown and Buchanan there, five for seven for them and four for seven from the three-point line for them. Uh, and then free throws, Clint, they just continue to irk me. 79% for Murray State and 60 for Auburn. If I look at a stat here, and I know I harp on this all the time, the reason we weren't able to pull away is because of that stat line right there. 60% from the free throw line is ugly. Well, it's it's a little bit better than what it was because Auburn started 0 for 5 and mm. then finally got it in with 1 for 6. So yeah, it, it was pretty bad. And, and to finish with that kind of number is, is a little bit better. It is. And then if you look at some of these other stats, comparing them down the line, very comparable and even in some categories here. Auburn did lose the total rebounds uh, in this game. I wasn't expe- That was a bit of a surprise to me, Clint, was the fact that this – team for Murray State I didn't expect so much maybe size or at least the ability to play bigger than they were out of them they struck me as like the Auburn of last year I keep talking about mirror images of last year where Auburn kept out rebounding people they shouldn't this is what it felt like to me in this game and you're gonna see bits and pieces of of that throughout the rest of the year I think and you know Auburn just there were multiple times where I saw the Auburn players just run away from the basket and and there was one in particular where um, one of the one of the Tigers threw up a shot, and as soon as the ball leaves the hand, Samir Dowdy runs away to the other side <laughs> of the court. It's like Samir, you better go get that ball. And and you know Bryce has always struggled with following his shot. Um, you know Albert probably could have won this game or won the the rebounding margin in this game if. You know, Malik had grabbed more than three. He loves to fly around and grab some rebounds. Um, Bryce, again, not following a shot, only had one. Jared Harper is usually good for about four or five, and he only had two. Um, <clears throat> Javon McCormick, none. Anthony McElmore, who has continued to struggle, and this is probably his best game of the year, had a single rebound. That's, I mean, those those kind of numbers right there are going to lose that fight. So interesting that you bring up Anthony McElmore, and this leads into what I want to talk about next, the starting lineup. All year, at least most of the time, barring injury, 
Um, we've seen Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chumo Kiki, Samir Dowdy, and Anthony McLemore. We've all been waiting for the moment that Austin Wiley gets a start, and it was in this game. So he comes in for Anthony McLemore. Now, if you had asked me, just kind of looking on the surface and not really analyzing it that much, I would have said he would have replaced Samir Dowdy in the lineup, kind of making that a little bit of a bigger lineup for them. Um, did you think that Austin Wiley was going to get in the starting lineup this early in the season or not? I started to think it was going to come, but I was surprised to see his name among the starting five for this game. But I think this was just well-deserved. Uh, Austin's only been playing, you know, 16 to 20 minutes each game this season and getting the starting spot. He played 26 minutes and you could just see how much he's grown <clears throat> three weeks ago. Some of the plays that he was making yesterday, he wouldn't have been making. And Austin is definitely the kid that just needs experience at this point. Every single minute that he is on the court, he's getting better. And you saw that he had a fantastic, you know, I know you love the baby hook and you love the, <laughs> um, I mean, I can't tell you how, how hard I was drooling just seeing uh, Austin Wiley just throw it up against the backboard out the corner of the, the square and it fall in. And just just an amazing putback and the touch that he's got. I mean, he's, what, 6'8", 240 or so, and is just playing like everybody wants him to play from down under. And he's only going to get better with 17 points, 7 for 9 from the field. Unfortunately, one of those was a really bad (laughs) three-pointer, and I'm not a fan of that one. But, you know, Austin came away with a double-double, grabbing 10 rebounds. So I'm perfectly happy with the way Austin played. Anthony, I think, is a little bit of a product of this lineup with Austin, Horace, and now with um, Purifoy coming back. Um, But he's really struggled. I mean, he finally hit a three-pointer. I think he's now one for seven on the year. Um, Still five points, one rebound three fouls in 11 minutes and one block. I mean, these just aren't Anthony McElmore numbers from last year. Yeah, I would agree with that. He definitely, like you've already alluded to in some of our other episodes, he seems to maybe playing a little bit more timid. And who wouldn't be after what you had happened to you last year? So I think it does make sense when you step back and say, okay, Anthony's obviously been the part of the starting lineup that maybe in the area that he normally does produce hasn't been producing as well as of yet. So you should reward the guy that has kind of progressed off the bench, and that's Austin Wiley. We all expected him to be here, maybe just not this early, and maybe not replacing the person we thought. But when you look at this starting lineup, Clint, after I've kind of watched all of these players play together, I've really loved the lineup with Anthony in it, but I think this might be the lineup you see the rest of the year. Harper and Brown, obviously Chuma, um, who had a great start to the year, kind of slowed down a little bit. It seems to be getting back to form. And Samir is just a great defender and can just go off like he did in this game. He's our leading scorer with 20 points. And then you add an Austin Wiley. Do you feel like this is the starting lineup Bruce is most comfortable with for the rest of the season? I think so. And I think if anybody is to change, it's probably going to be Samir. And, and I know, Bruce has been very high on him, but he's he's played at times very frustrating to me. And to go off for 20 and like he did against Murray State was fantastic. And but I feel like that was kind of the um, the odd one out. Um, just he, he's had some really dumb fouls 
I think this is the third game in a row that he has fouled a three-point shooter and barely touched him. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with the foul. Um, I think the one at NC State was terrible, but you know, just, just don't, don't get by him. Go away from him. If you want to run away from the basket, run away from a three-point shooter. <laughs> um, but I think Samir is is very talented. Um, I still think he's got a ways to go. But I think the way that um, Javon McCormick has been playing, that he could probably break in. You know, he's only playing you know thirteen to fifteen minutes a game. So you know, I think you could probably take away some of Samir's numbers and and give them to um, Javon and see what what happens there. So here's the fun thing about this, Clint, is when you start and you started doing it there in your analysis of that, plugging in players into certain situations, I think you can make a case for a lot of these players to maybe be the fifth man in this. I think we all expect Wiley, Harper, and Brown, and really Chuma to be there in the starting lineup the rest of the year. Samir, I think, like you said, has earned it at times, but there's been some frustrating things as well. So if we do make that case, who who can you plug in? I don't see Horace Spencer as much as I love him being a steady starter. Uh, Dan Gell has, we haven't seen enough. I mean, we only got four minutes in this game, but I think you can make a case for Macklemore, McCormick or Dunbar being in that slot, depending on the team that you're going. Yeah, I think you can. And I think, I think again, Anthony has really struggled. Malik just doesn't have a shot right now. If he was going off for, you know, 10, 15 points every game off the bench, maybe he could slide in there. Um, Honestly, I don't really want to see much of Dan Purifoy at this point. <laughs> um, you know, I'm glad he's back and, and able to play, but he has been entirely ineffective in the minutes that he's gotten to play. Um, it, he's just seemingly lost on the on the court, and and I don't I don't understand why. Um, Horace, man, what can you say about him? I, I hate that he's only getting two minutes or eight minutes to play, but he goes out there and gets two points. Miss, he missed the front end of the one-and-one, one, which wasn't great. <clears throat> but in eight minutes, grabs three rebounds and still has two personal fouls. But I think he even had and a block. So I, I hope Horace is okay playing this kind of role, but I'm not okay with Horace playing this role. And I, I want to see. I, been... I want to see Horace have Anthony's minutes at this point. <laughs> I I really love Horace Spencer and the energy that he brings. There's the two energy guys on this team are Malik Dunbar and Horace Spencer, in my opinion, and that's why I love them so much here. So I, I would like to see him get some more numbers, and I do think that he has comf- become comfortable with that sixth man role, and it's kind of an honor to have that as well there. So. We have a wealth of riches here and a lot of players that you can plug and play at any point in time, and there's not going to be that much of of a drop-off. There will be some lacking in areas, because if you put in Horace, you're going to lose a little bit of a shooting if you replace him with Samir, but so on and so forth. Just a just sick amount of opportunities, potential, that you can have with a lineup here for the Auburn Tigers. And you brought up something earlier that I thought thought about. Yes, we didn't get a lot of bench production in this game in, in terms of points, but when you bring up a... a Horace Spencer and the smart plays, whether it's taking a charge, getting three rebounds in three minutes. Um, it's Malik Dunbar being an energy guy. Um, it's Javon McCormick rising as a great backup point guard to Jared Harper. These guys are finding ways to contribute on a consistent basis outside of points. And that's why I love our bench so much. Absolutely. This, these guys are really starting to find their roles on this team. And 
and I definitely think Javon has has really cemented his role as that backup point guard. And um, we were, my brother and I were talking about it during the game yesterday. And it's like I would love to see um, <clears throat> Javon and Jared on the court at the same time and let McCormick play the point guard position. Jared is really good coming off of the screen and getting open and, and just nailing down those, um, those long three pointers. So I'd love to see, you know, how, how this offense would work in, in that sense. Definitely. So, and I, I'm really happy with all of our guys at this point that yes, they've had struggles. The shooting slump, at least for this game is done. We'll see if it continues on against North Florida. Um, in a few days, uh, but very a lot of things to be happy about despite the loss to NC State, uh, the slump at times of it's very happy time for the Auburn Tigers here. Last thing I want to bring up about this game, though, and it's a bit of the game within the game, stuff outside of the team. Congrats goes, and, and I guess applause goes, really, to the Auburn fan base for showing up on a holiday weekend, um, or holiday week, and uh, coming out in droves for this fan, you know, a lot happens a lot of time when the students are out, they fill the student section with um, just regular general admission fans. And you said that it was considering a holiday crowd, very loud, uh, made a lot of difference in the game. Yeah, it was, it was pretty packed when they showed the crowd on, on TV and uh, the commentators continued to rave about it. And um, the, the lead commentator even stopped at one point and said, what about this crowd? And, and almost to the same extent that the the jungle gets during um, during the school semester. So I think that you know these people who are down in the student section, they sometimes they don't really get it entirely. But once the game starts and you've got a couple of students down there, they they really fall into it, and and it's a completely different place to watch a game and be part of the crowd than it is in the in the stands upstairs. As we get further and further into the Bruce Pearl era, we used to always talk about the Bruce Pearl effect while we were kind of finding things to be happy about as they struggled through building this program. Now that it's in a great time in the Bruce Pearl era, I think this is one of the areas where you can still see the Bruce Pearl effect where fans that are up in the stands that get excited, you know, obviously uh, for good things during the game. But when they get down in there, when they're watching the students into this and they get a chance to be a part of it, that's where you see it come through. And when they don't have any drop-off in their enthusiasm and their loudness, when they go contribute to that. So I know I'm just gushing and continuing about how great this is to be an Auburn Tiger basketball fan at this time, but there's just a great feeling right now around the program, even with the loss to NC State. Um, so I'd love to see us finish out this non-conference um, schedule with a win over North Florida, and we'll do hopefully just that in a few days. Let's talk about the Ospreys a little bit. We will be playing them uh, on the 29th at 3 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network Plus. Um, so if you don't have regular cable providers, you'll have to watch it online. They're coming in at 5-8 and eight on the year. And if you've been paying attention to college basketball for some time, you'll know that North Florida has been a name that's not too unfamiliar. Uh, they were in the NCAA tournament in 2015. Uh, they've won their conference championship, or at least been contention for it, uh, for several years now. Um, so this is not a team to be taken lightly. Bruce Pearl does not like playing cupcake teams, and if he can help it. Sometimes you just can't help it. There's no one else available. Um, what are your thoughts on this North Florida game going forward, Clint? I mean, this this team has played a really tough schedule, and, and has played these teams pretty closely. I mean, they're just coming off of a loss 
this past Wednesday to number 11 Florida State, 95 to 81. But they've played Charleston Southern twice and come away with those wins. Um, they they played they didn't play Florida very well, but um, grabbed a win against Southern Miss in Cancun. Um, lost to Penn State, lost to Dayton, but still those are you know eight and 15 point games. So you know they're they're not the most talented team in the world. They're they've got three guys who are averaging in double digit points per game. But I think that that might not reflect well with how they've been playing and their record. So this is probably going to be a little bit easier of a win than Murray State and some of the other games that Auburn's been playing recently and a good uh, stepping stone into the new year and the conference play. So I, I think I think you might see guys like Dan Joe Purifoy get more than four minutes in this game. Well, and I think it's great time for this to happen, too. Not that we want to take the Ospreys lightly by any stretch of the imagination, but that's what's really needed for Daniel. Since he's gotten the ability to play again, we've been in some tight games without him being able to kind of cut his teeth a little bit, get used to the pace of play so he can earn more minutes because he's a great talent, but we can't get him back into game shape if he can't get into the games in tough situations. So this is a great opportunity to get him some more minutes, rest some more guys if we can pull a lay like we think we would. But here's the thing, though. I like to compare schedules in terms of like opponents. They played Dayton first game of the year, only lost 78-70, to and we know how tough Dayton is, and that's one of our signature wins we feel like on the year. So I know it's comparing two different situations there, but I I think there is a little bit of that you can kind of look at. That's a reason to not look past Dayton, or not Dayton, but uh, North Florida in this game. You need to get out early on this team. Get the crowd, hopefully that's going to be just as big from this past game, into it and let them know this is this not happening tonight. And don't let them believe. I hope so. <laughs> don't let them believe like Murray <laughs> State did. I, I know, anything can happen. But don't give them an opportunity to believe that they are here to pull a major upset against an Auburn Tiger team. And plus, if we want to stay or have a chance to start working back into the top 10, we've got to start winning again. Uh, We'll see where we're ranked when the new ones come out uh, this week. Uh, Hopefully we won't fall too far. I guess that's a great question for you, Clint, to kind of close out uh, for the episode here. Where do you think we fall after the loss to NC State and then the win over Murray State here uh, when the rankings come out? I think, I mean, Albert was, what, up to seven? So... I think Auburn doesn't really fall too far. Um, I think that they'll definitely be out of the top 10, yeah. but probably in that 12 or 13 range. That's kind of where I, I see them falling as well. Um, I hope they don't fall anywhere past 15, but I, I don't know where the other teams kind of fall into that mix, and that kind of really affects it as well, because I hope the committee looks at it and says, this is, or the voters really, look at this and said this was a away game, a clearly anomaly game where Auburn just was not, nothing was working. <laughs> uh, the refs weren't working. Uh, nothing was working. Uh, so hopefully that won't affect us too much. But we'll find out in a couple of days when the rankings come out. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to rise after a win over North Florida. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24. And you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at auburnuniforms.com. 
And that's all for this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we see you again, have a Merry Christmas and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?